There's going to have to be changes in WAC when this is all said and done. Yeah, I mean, we've established just during this conversation how there is zero quality control going on there. They do not care. They look the other way. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this is another episode of Fact Check. Our guest today on the Fact Check podcast comes with 20 years of experience in the news industry as a reporter and producer. For the past 10 years covering Wisconsin government as a member of the Capitol Press Corps, he produces a public affairs television show for VYC-TV and a radio segment for WISN-AM. He is also an officer in the Wisconsin Army National Guard with overseas wartime service as a brigade and division staff officer. He joins us today as content director of the MacGyver Institute. Welcome to Fact Check, Bill Osmoski. Thank you for your service, by the way, and for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me on the program. I really appreciate it. So we understand that Governor Evers has refused to include you in the Capitol Press Corps, and it sparked a lawsuit. What's going on? Yeah, so, I mean, this goes back to pre-COVID days when there were actually, you know, press uh, press events at the Capitol, and the, the governor was, uh, was there in the Capitol every day, too. Uh, but so I am a member of the Capitol Press Corps. The uh, credentials are issued by the legislature, not the governor's office. However, for the uh, the governor's own events, he doesn't necessarily recognize people that have credentials to the Capitol. First of all, they were denying us from all the emailed uh, distributions to all the other media. They refused to put us on that list. So uh, we would find out about his events secondhand. And then they started to... Uh, check names at the door, and they wouldn't let us actually attend the events when they were doing that. So we still managed to get access, you know, here and there, depending on, you know, how well they're checking things. You know, we'll just walk in with all the other reporters, and, you know, we know what's going on in the Capitol. But in terms of that lawsuit, unfortunately, we lost, and the uh, court decided that it's up to the politician to decide who qualifies as news or not. Credentials have nothing to do with it. So unfortunately, it sets a terrible precedent. Um, it's probably going to come up, you know, in future lawsuits because, you know, there's going to be another journalist someday who's going to um, be denied, you know, rightful access. Part of a bigger pattern here where conservatives are being censored and silenced, right? So, I mean, that's, that's what's going on here. The Democrat governor doesn't like the way that you report the news about him, so he decides to exclude you from it. The reason that you're here with us today is to talk about the recently completed audit by the Legislative Audit Bureau, and it completed its audit of the 2020 election in Wisconsin, and the findings show major problems with how the election was conducted in our state. You analyzed this report, which is 163 pages long for the McIver Institute, and it looks to me like there were some big problems with the 2020 election. Problem number one, many of the clerks around the state didn't cooperate with the Legislative Audit Bureau. Tell us about the facts around so many elected officials refusing to cooperate. Yeah, so I mean, on this point, you know, first of all, it was interesting to see the the coverage from all the other news outlets in the state that the audit revealed no problems, everything's great, the election went fine. Um, It was very clearly said in this audit that they weren't able, they didn't have access to all the officials that they needed. There are six members of the Wisconsin Election Commission, six commissioners, and that's the body that, you know, pretty much decides a lot of, makes a lot of the decisions on how these, uh, how these elections are run. They were only allowed to talk to two of them. 
There was another one who said, uh, who issued uh, comments to them, uh, written comments, and the other three told them to take a hike. So, I mean, that right off the bat, you've got, I mean, that's a real big issue that you could not have these public officials talking to the Legislative Audit Bureau. That's a nonpartisan organization. They refused to be open with them about, you know, what happened and how these rules were made. So there is a, a political overtone to this more than likely. The second big problem that you identified was that WEC failed to use the ERIC system properly. And for our listeners, ERIC stands for Electronic Registration Information Center. We're one of 31 states that contracts with them for data that comes from the DMV, the Social Security Administration, death registry. But the idea here is we contract with them as a state to get information so we can clean our voting rolls. So what, what was it that the investigation found there? The assumption has always been with the ERIC system that the state is constantly running reports to make sure that people aren't voting in other states, that haven't died in other states, aren't moving and not tell, you know, it's, it's, yeah, like you said, it's meant to catch all that. And it turns out that there's five distinct reports that the state can run through that system. And most of them, they don't run. <laughs> For example, so we've been doing this since 2016. We've been a part of this since 2016. They never ever ran a report on registered voters who may have died in other states. They never ran a report on registered voters who may have multiple voter registration records in Wisconsin. Those two reports were run for the very first time this past May after the auditors started uh, nosing around. Uh, As for registered voters who may have voted multiple times in the same election, the only time they ever ran their report was in September of 2019 in regards to the 2018 election. There's another report for registered voters who may have moved within Wisconsin, moved to or registered to vote in other states or submitted a change of, um, re- or change of address forms. They, they don't run that report the year of elections. They, they do it a year before, and uh, that's, not, and that's to, catch mistakes from the la- from, uh, to catch problems from the previous election. The only report that they run during the year of an election is eligible residents who are not registered to vote. And the reason they're running that is uh, they're trying to find new voters to register, perhaps. So, yeah, we're looking into that. I've submitted four open records requests with WEC uh, about that. How do you decide which reports to run and when? Uh, who has you know requested the uh, the, compl- the complete report after you've run it? Because I mean, obviously, that could very easily be feeding into partisan get out the vote efforts. Right. And another interesting finding to me was the fact that. They ran a check on duplicate driver's license numbers, and they came up with 24 people who had two active voting accounts. I mean, you would think that would be one of the easiest things that they could identify, but... To specify they, you mean the auditors ran it. The state election commission did not, and that was low-hanging fruit, it turned out. So they're not even looking to see if there's duplicated driver's licenses, and that's one of the basic forms of information that we as taxpayers are paying for we're paying for this information to clean our voter rolls and what we're learning is wc does a lousy job of using that information the final report found that wc violated the state law or advised others to violate state law in five different ways tell us about the five different ways that they did that now this is just in this audit you know it's there potentially a lot more than five, but just in this audit, what violated state law by not issuing rules on how to train special voting deputies or election inspectors, 
WEC violated state law by not obtaining individual signatures from the DMV uh, for everyone who registered to vote online. WEC told clerks that they could go home on election night and return the next day to finish counting, even though that is illegal. Uh, WEC told clerks that they could relocate polling places within 30 days of the election, even though that also is illegal. And WEC failed to include current state law in its administrative rules on how to train municipal election workers. And the rules haven't been updated since 2016. So those are just, you know, five, you know, real easy ways that, that this state agency broke the law. Well, and there's problem number four, WEC improperly instructed clerks with regard to indefinitely confined elector status. And so for for our listeners, this is a provision that's meant for people that are truly unable to go and vote. What happened was clerks allowed over 200,000 new people to obtain absentee ballots online and what you found in what they found in the audit was that there were 44,000 people who voted that way who had never provided an ID to vote previously. So we know most of the people at some point provided an ID, but 44,000 people voted in our state without ever having provided an ID. And we're talking about a margin of 20,000 votes in the presidential election. Man, you know, the next thing about that is that We already know that the Wisconsin Supreme Court ruled on December 14th. They ruled that WC had improperly instructed the clerks. So where does this leave us in terms of moving forward with the Wisconsin Elections Commission? What's going to come out of this? Um, Well, there are, this is only one of a few different audits. You have the, so this is the Legislative Audit Bureau that conducted this audit. The legislature also, um, um, uh, uh, contracted with uh, former Supreme Court Justice Mike Gableman to run another audit, and that report, uh, at least the first of uh, that, that report should be coming out uh, next month on what he's found. Uh, you have Representative Branchen is also running a um, uh, her own uh, investigation through uh, the Elections Committee and the Assembly. And then you've got citizen groups across the state are really mobilized behind this, too. So this was the tip of the iceberg. This was, and this, this is just a taste of, of what potentially could come. And the Legislative Audit Bureau, again, is a nonpartisan organization. They don't try to step on any toes. Like some of the most, uh, the most egregious things that happened during the election, they, they tried to downplay or they really didn't want to address directly things like uh, ballot harvesting operations that happened in Madison or uh, the city of Green Bay bringing in a uh, Facebook-funded political operative to run their election. They didn't really want to comment on this stuff. So for them to find all these problems is telling of what potentially could come. Uh, There probably will be losses. There's going going to have to be changes in WEC when this is all said and done. I mean, we've established just during this conversation how there is zero quality control going on there. They do not care. They look the other way. They are so they are dismissive of every problem. They've got the they have the systems, but every problem that the systems you know ping, they just dismiss. So, in summary, what we can say is the Wisconsin Election Commission and clerks around our state failed in some big ways. They didn't cooperate with the auditors. They they are, WEC is not properly using the Eric voter identification system. WEC ignored state election laws on multiple occasions. And they improperly instructed clerks 
with regard to indefinitely confined elector status. By the way, there were 1,027 people right here in La Crosse County who voted who have never provided an ID. What happens with all this information? Well, so if the legislature comes back and votes on all the recommendations, Governor Evers will probably just veto everything. You aren't going to get anything accomplished at the state level. These audits are revealing lots of voter, you know, problems with public officials not following state law, or they're revealing potential cases of fraud within, uh, you know, local areas. It's up to the residents of those local areas to hound their district attorney to, to go after that. No, none of these district attorneys are actually filing, uh, are, are, are filing charges against public officials who are discovered to be breaking the law in this way. I, I mean, they're in, in La Crosse County. You've got, you know, a dozen people that registered to vote at a UPS store, and it was just no harm, no foul. Right, yeah. So, Democrat District Attorney Tim Grunke declined to prosecute. I've seen two numbers, 22 and 24 people that listed their addresses being a mailbox at the UPS store. But it was a free and fair election. And he gets to run unopposed, too. So that's something else for uh, any of the lawyers in your listening audience to think about. All right. Well, I don't think I have any other questions, Bill. No, Bill, (laughs) thank you so much for joining us today. Will you come back and, and give us an update in the future? You bet. Anytime. We appreciate your time. Again, Bill Osmolsky joins us from the MacGyver Institute. Some really great investigative reporting. If they would like to learn more about you or your organization, where can they go? www.mcgyverinstitute.com, M-A-C-I-V-E-R, institute.com. We're also on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. We have not been kicked off yet. Not yet. Thank you again so much. I'm Jen O'Brien. And I'm Bill Fian. And this was another episode of Fact Check. You can join the discussion on our Facebook group, Fact Check Wisdom with Bill Fian, and subscribe to this podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts.